Welcome to the Rideshare to FI podcast. How's it going? My name is Rocky. I'm a Silicon Valley engineer, and I recently took a six-month sabbatical from my W-2. However, it's been difficult to find a W-2 after that six months, and that's what made me decide to try driving for Rideshare in Silicon Valley. One of the programs that I decided to do is a rental program with one of these Rideshare companies. I do have my own personal car. It is paid off. However, it's over 10 years old and it's a car that's important to me. So I did not really want to use it because the expenses that I know I'll accrue over time with it, with the service, the maintenance of it, the depreciation. And of course, I'm at a state where I can't really afford a new car. So that car is really important for me for my own use and not for, for business use. So I decided to use a program where you're able to rent a vehicle from one of the rideshare companies. So with this vehicle, you have a choice. You can have an electric vehicle, a hybrid, or a regular vehicle. But the one that was close to my home, the options they had was electric vehicle or a hybrid vehicle. And since most of my career was actually has been in automotive engineering, I worked in a lot of electric vehicles before they became a common vehicle. So I have a lot of experience with them, enjoyment, and I'm pretty comfortable with electric vehicles. However, I wanted to get a hybrid first because I wanted to try out the program, right? Because I myself have never driven rideshare before. However, they had no availability, so I went and go ahead and got the electric vehicle. So with this electric vehicle, I have the ability to have a charging plan, unlimited charging for public chargers. So there's two of them that you can use, Electrify America and EVgo. Basically for a whole week, you are charged $70 a week for unlimited charging on that, which is pretty helpful. But with the vehicle that I have, even though it's a high-speed charging, the max I've ever seen it was at 35 kilowatts, even though the charger itself can handle 650 kilowatts. So that power limitation is actually limited by the vehicle. So it's not so much the charging station, but the vehicle itself. And that is limited by the vehicle, by the BMS, which is the battery management system, because they want to prolong the life of the vehicle for the batteries itself. So what's a little tough with driving an EV is when I drove the rideshare, I spent at least an hour, hour and a half just charging the vehicle. But that was fine with me because that was an opportunity for me to take a break. <laughs> That's also what got me the idea to start this this podcast, this Rideshare to FI podcast. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword because during that charging time, I could be using that time to earn some money. But at the same time, it's a good opportunity to really take a break and find other venues where I can be creative and hopefully find other sources of income, such as this podcast. You never know. It may be monetized someday, which would be great. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about today is, is it really worth it to drive rideshare through the the rental program that they have? So I'm going to go through the cost because I I just finished my first week. It was prorated. So the week actually goes from Monday 5 a.m. to the following Monday at 5 a.m., I picked my car up on a Tuesday, so everything was prorated by a day. So I'm going to just go through my expenses. The total earnings that I had for the week was $464.88.
which is not too bad. And to give you some context on that for $464.88, $464.88, and I drove for a total of 29 hours. So 29 hours, that gives you to an hourly rate of about $16.03 and $16 per hour, which it, it's a little tough, especially in the Silicon Valley, right? $16, you can't survive for that. I know with Rideshare, it was never meant to replace your W-2. It's supposed to be something that helps with your existing W-2 so you can earn some extra income. Here's the tough part about this. That 29 hours that I mentioned, that does not include the charging time that is not logged into the app itself. So really, we're closer to 35 hours. But just for the sake of consistency here, we'll stick with the 29 hours. So again, that's the gross revenue of $464.88. However, we now need to subtract the, the rental rate, which is at negative $199.29 the mandatory insurance, which is at negative $7.14, the vehicle license fee, which is negative $16.38, the loss damage waiver, which is negative $25.71, the charging plan, which again is prorated, negative $50, and then the weekly rental taxes at negative $25.58. So our revenue minus the expenses, our net income, and this is Pre-tax, okay? No tax has been taken out like you would with your paycheck. With your W-2, you have your gross salary, and then you have your FICO that's removed, and you have your net income. So the final balance is $140.78. So $140.78 for the week, divided that by the hours, which is 29 hours, that equates to an hourly rate of $4.85. Is that, is that fair? I don't know. The federal hourly rate is at $7.25. And what I got from this was $4.85 an hour. And I'm really trying to look for a positive out of this because I know that I'm meeting people, which is great. I'm leaving my home, so I'm not overthinking things with my situation right now. I'm inspired by some of my passengers, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast, because I want to share the stories, anonymous stories, of course, of these pa anonymous passengers that are inspiring me, and I get to start this podcast. So, I don't know. Should I just be looking at it as $4.85 is not worth my time, or do I continue and give this a chance to see if it's something that is worth it? for reasons that is not equated to the dollar amount that I get per hour. But since I got my first weekly rate, I just thought I'd share what it's really like for a rideshare driver and what the type of money that they do receive from this. Out of that revenue I got of $464.88, tips were $70.41. So in reality, tips are, in theory, or hopefully they're being honest with it, 100% of the tips are kept by the drivers. So in reality, for every drive that you make, I think the driver gets less than 50%. So what's going on with this program? I'm not really sure. But this is the path that I chose, and I'm going to give it a few more weeks and see what it's really like. And I just wanted to share the financial aspects of it. 
Thank you for tuning in, and I will share more stories in the future during the time I'm charging on the Rideshare to FI podcast. All right, I'll see you on the next one.